Band of Christian Brothers. Hello and welcome to the Band of Christian Brothers program, where men are emboldened to grow in faith and virtue, ultimately for you to become the man God is calling you to be. I am your host, David Gilbert, and today we'll be addressing the question, Are you saved? by using the wisdom of Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen. You can find us on Band of Christian Brothers online at bandofchristianbrothers.com or subscribe and download to the podcast from iTunes or Google Play. Follow us on Facebook or you can find me on Twitter at Gilbert Speaker. So today we are joined by my good friend Al Smith, the founder of the Fulton J. Sheen Missus Society of Canada and fellow brother of the Band of Christian Brothers Men's Fraternity. Al, welcome to the program. Thank you, David, for having me. It's good to be here with you and... Uh I tell you, we have a long history together, and uh, you know we always have animated conversations, so I'm sure we'll have one today. So again, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So before we begin, can you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and your apostolate? Yeah, David, uh, my history is um, with Fulton Sheen began, uh, we like to say it's a God incident, but in the year 2009, uh, my wife and I was dropping our daughter off to Our Lady Seated Wisdom Academy in uh, Barry's Bay, Ontario. And uh, so we, like any good parent, wanted to see our daughter off and make sure that she had good friends and good surroundings. And uh, my wife was uh, spending a little time in the library of the school, and they had a bin of books and, uh, of course, a little sign that said, free books. And uh, any good wife, they love things that are free. And so she picked up a copy of Fulton Sheen's book, Peace of Soul. And uh, she opened up that book, started to read it, and she started to share with me a little bit of the content in that book uh, as we drove home. And it was a five-hour drive, so we got to experience a lot of sheen together. But the very first line of that book, Peace of Soul, it's a beautiful quote. And Fulton Sheen says, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. Unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And right away, Fulton Sheen caught my attention. And uh, I just thought, I need to read more of this great writer. And I started to uh, dive into a lot of his writings. And uh, he wrote 66 books. And so there's something on every topic. And the first book I, I read was Fulton Sheen's Victory Over Vice. And it was Seven Deadly Sins. And, of course, there was the antidote provided for the seven deadly sins, which was the seven last words our Lord spoke from the cross. And so Fulton Sheen had my attention, and he started to give me the lines uh, to share with my friends. Uh, He was my apologist. He started to help me to converse with my friends about the faith in a very loving but uh, wise way. You know, we, the scripture says we have to be as cunning as serpents and gentle as doves. Well, he taught me how to be cunning and how to be gentle. And so uh, it was just a great match made in heaven, uh, me and Fulton Sheen. Um, and for years I've had a radio apostolate. I've hosted the Holy Rosary program uh, on FM 98.5 CKWR in Kitchener-Waterloo. And uh, so I had uh, the gift of the gab and... Uh, had years of practice, and so I went to the station and I said, you know, do you think I could uh, play some Fulton Sheen audio talks? 
um, over the air, and I think there's a, a big enough demographic, demographic uh, that would listen, and they said yes, and uh, immediately, as soon as I put my first uh, half-hour reflection uh, from Fulton Sheen on the radio, the phone lines lit up, and uh, we knew we had a winner, and so uh, for five years, we've been on the air with Fulton Sheen on that station, and we've just started uh, Fulton Sheen Hour at Radio Maria Canada, and so uh, the uh, applause is, um, you know, it's very satisfying to know that thousands of people are uh, appreciating these talks and we're receiving emails and telephone calls. So uh, it is just a, a real labor of love. And uh, again, his writings, his teachings uh, touch hearts. Hundreds of thousands of souls have come to Christ through Sheen. And uh, so naturally I connected and here we are today. Uh, speaking on your program about Fulton Sheen, so uh, I try to make it short and sweet. I have a, <laughs> I have a tendency to ramble on, but uh, no, I want to uh, spend some time talking about Fulton Sheen today uh, with you, David. Well, well, it's a bonus, and that's why we wanted to have you on, because you love to talk, and you're also the Sheen machine, so um glad to have you on here, Al. So um, the topic today is, are you saved, right? And um, you know, you were saying uh, before the program started that Sheen would answer that in three steps. Um, what are those three steps? And maybe we could unpackage those afterwards. Yeah, I think, you know, Fulton Sheen knew what people were thinking. Uh, one one thing that, you, that he had this advantage, and people say, you know, where did he get his insights? Uh, you have to realize that Fulton Sheen is a priest, and he spends hours in the confessional, and so you want to know what's ailing uh, people, what's ailing society? Uh, listen to people's confessions, and you'll get a real sense of what's going on. And so, you know, he would take this background information of, of people's problems and say, I want to give them a solution. But he found when people were saying, you know, I want to be saved, and this is a language we, we talk amongst Christians, are you saved? Uh, he made these three points. He says, you know, people want to be saved, but they don't want to be saved from their sins. They they want this, um, I want uh, milk and honey, I want peace, I want this, but I don't want to change my life. I don't want to give up my sins. Is it because we're, like, too attached to this sin, kind of like St. Augustine, where it's like, Lord, make me a saint, but just not not right now? Not right now, yes. And, you know... It's going to take work to do that, and uh, we'll expand on this thought. But, okay. you know, these three points he would, he would talk about, we want to be saved from our sins. Or we want to be saved, but not from our sins. And two, we want to be saved, but not at too great a cost. You know, I, they, uh, what's this going to cost me? Um, and three, we want to be saved in our way and not his. We want to do it on our program <laughs> and not his. And so... You know, he, he makes, these are valid points. You kind of go, yeah, I've, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I don't want change. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, this going to cost me, you know, my time, my energy, change my life. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I want my own program. I want to develop my own program. So I think he, he got the pulse. And so, um, you know, I'm sharing with you today a few of these notes from uh, a radio recording that he gave back in 1948. Mm-hmm. And it was in, entitled, Is God Hard to Find? And because I think everybody knew, it's like, where do I find God? You know, I want, I want this salvation everybody's talking about, but where do I, is he hard to find? 
And so he started talking about that topic of being saved. And and I'm sure, David, you've had many of your friends uh, come up to you and say, hey, Dave, are you saved? <laughs> yeah, well, that's something that I've, I've definitely encountered, especially uh, with some of my friends who are Protestant. Um you know, I they're well-meaning, <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, I think, you know, if the Catholic responds as any good Catholic would by declaring, you know, he cannot, right? You know, apart from a special revelation from God, to have absolute certainty concerning, you know, your salvation, um, we don't, right? Um, but, I mean, it is tempting, though, because there's the scripture passage, uh, 1 John 5.13. It says, I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Which then is followed up by Romans chapter 10, that if he will but confess his lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in his heart that God raised him from the dead, he will be saved. So basically what they're saying is that all we need to do is confess Jesus is Lord and salvation is assured. We And we can know that with certainty. Salvation is guaranteed regardless of anything we may do or not do in the future. I mean, what a deal that is if, uh, if it was only that easy. So to answer your question, though, Al, um, how would you respond? I think there's a two two ways that you need to respond. It's a two-step response, you know, because it's never as easy... Uh, and we Catholics are not looking for biblical sound bites. We want the full context and message so we can fully understand what God is revealing to us. So the first step is to um, know that um, you know the the Greek word for knowledge in the in that uh, one John chapter five verse does not necessarily equate to absolute certainty. You know we we use the verb know. Uh, the same way as for English. For example, I may say I know I'm going to get an A on my Greek exam tomorrow. Does that mean that I absolutely know this? No, not at all. What I mean um, that what I know can be used to indicate that I have confidence that I will get an A on my test tomorrow because I've studied the material thoroughly and I know it well inside and out. So the context you know, makes it abundantly clear that how knowledge is being used in that biblical passage, which is used commonly against Catholics in terms of are you saved, which is usually used as a bait to to get you in there, um, it, it draws a parallel between certainty that we have concerning our salvation and that certainty uh, when we petition God. So does that mean we have absolute certainty that we will receive what we ask for when God requests in prayer? Obviously not. St. John says, you know, we can have confidence but not absolute certainty. So that's the first step. Second step is, so you have to understand that word. The second thing is you got to put it into context. So our salvation is contingent upon many things according to the Bible. Um, this indicates the certainty of our salvation is not absolute. Just um, just for a few examples, Al, if you could bear with me, is um, also in John chapter uh, 1, John 1, 8 verses 9, it says, If we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and we will forgive our and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The text says we will be forgiven if. Thus, the sovereign truth is unconfessed sin will not be forgiven, and the Bible is very clear that no sin can enter into heaven. So, and there's um, a couple references in terms of in Hebrews and Revelation on that. So, regarding the issue of whether Christians have an absolute assurance of salvation, um, 
you know, consider this warning that St. Paul gives us. Uh, this is in Romans 11. See then the kindness and severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. So I would say it's a two-step process in terms of how you would answer that question, are you saved? One, understand what the what the word knowledge is to know. And step two, put that into the whole context in terms of salvation, which is it's not assured we have to keep working at it. Wow. Thank you for that answer. I, just, <laughs> I, love, I love how you were quoting scripture there. You're backing it up. This is good. You know, was it like, I think, you know, I feel it's like, no, no, the word of God says. This. Well, we got to know the word of God, right? I mean, if we, when we die, God's going to ask you, hey, did you read my book? And what, what are you going to say, right? The, the Protestants, right? They're going to, they use just the Bible. We have the sacraments. We have tradition. We have the magisterium. We have scripture. They just have scripture, which is also an incomplete part, but they use that tool in their tool belt more effectively than we use all the tools in our tool belt. And so we need to reclaim what God has given us, what is ours, because the Bible is a Catholic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think of uh, Fulton Sheen and how uh, the, the first book I read, uh, Victory Over Vice, uh, and it really did help me uh, acknowledge that I did have sin. I always thought I only had two of the seven deadly sins, but I realized I had seven. And, uh, you know, all to varying degrees, and I, you know, and um, but still, I had to work on all of them. And I did a, a little search, and I, I counted up the number of scripture references he used, and the book itself is only uh, 112 pages long, and he quoted sacred scripture a hundred times. So he constantly kept backing up his uh, arguments is a conversation with scripture and that's what we need to do as Catholics is to have our scriptures uh, ready now I can't always quote chapter and verse but I will say you know uh, kind of it's in the back part of the book but it's there trust me yeah well and that's the thing right I mean we Catholics we're good at our Bible we know it because we hear a lot more of it when we go to Mass, it's just we don't know number and verse, right? So, or chapter and verse. But to tie in what you just said, Al, and what I just answered, going back to, you know, the three points you gave us, you know, we want to be saved, but not from our sins. You know, we cannot enter heaven with our sins. We need to cut off our sins, right? We need that detachment from those seven deadly sins, those other vices that are in our lives. And so it's really important that we uh, take time throughout the year, not just during Lent, to focus on what we are struggling with, our sins. And, And I think for me, what's helped me is a daily examination of conscience. At the end of the day, just taking stock. Okay, what did I do today? What did I struggle with? And over time, you get to see a picture of, okay, what are these bad habits? What are these sins that are, you know, lying under the surface that, you know, I I wasn't really aware of before? But now that you're examining every day, you kind of start seeing patterns, and you could then start rooting out those sins. Now, the hard thing is, is, which goes to your second point, Al, of Fulton Sheen, is not at a great cost. Um, We don't like to sacrifice. We don't like to suffer. Um, you know, we wanted Christ to suffer on the cross for, for our sins and salvation, but for us to do our part, um, that's, that's where, where it's tough. Uh, do you have any, any, um, experience or anything you want to comment on that point? 
Well, you know, this whole thing about the cost, and I, I go back to Scripture, I think of the rich man uh, who went away sad, you know, uh, from the Savior because he had great possessions. Uh, most souls are afraid of God precisely because of his goodness, uh, which is dissatisfied with anything that is imperfect. And, you know, the the rich man, you know, I just, when I hear that that passage of Scripture, you know, it's just that there was a cost. There was a price. He pushed him outside of his comfort zone. And and that's what we don't want, is we don't want to be extended beyond our comfort zone. And and that's the difficulty for a lot of us. It's um, We want to give from our abundance or what's easy, yet we, uh, when we're pushed, we usually say, no, no, uh, this is too much, you know. I think we would be shocked um, and um, almost like to say that it's, it's if, you know, you always think of this um, uh, vision of our Lord knocking at the door, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he knocks and waits. Uh, I think we, many of us, we love to hear our knuckles knock on the door, you know. We love to hear the sound of knocking, but I think we would drop dead if all of a sudden we opened the door and our Lord was there and he said, all right, now let's walk this walk. And uh, we love to talk the talk, but uh, when push comes to shove and we have to, a lot of times we're hunters of religion. Uh, we want uh, that spiritual program, but when push comes to shove and it's showtime, uh, that's when it all falls apart. Yeah, and well, and that's the thing. I think we we've become soft, right? In our in our society, especially here in the West, we're used to our comforts. We're not used to suffering day to day and the daily grind. And uh, and so when things do get tough, whether it's you know physically, emotionally, spiritually, a lot of us don't have that strength, that that muscle to to persevere and push through. But that's why we need to rely not on our own weakness and focus on our own weakness. We need to focus on Christ's strength. And it's by Christ's grace, by that that strength, that supernatural strength by grace, we can get past any weakness that we have. But if we don't practice, just like if we're working out our our physical muscles, if we don't practice, then we're not going to have that that discipline to push, to persevere. And uh, and that's why a lot of spiritual programs uh, don't work because, you know, you, you pick it up, but after a few days, well, you know, something else came up, things like that, and you'll lack that discipline to stick to those devotions, to stick to that regimen. And so we need to practice, you know, discipline, self-mastery, and uh, and get a little uncomfortable because it's when we suffer is when we grow, right? It's the it's those growing pains. So on, on that note, uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back to you after this. All right, and we're back. So we were just talking about how we want to be saved, but not at a great cost. And again, we need to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable. St. Paul tells us, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And here's the the point. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my own body and I make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And that prize is heaven. 
And are we striking a blow to our body and making it our slave? And that is where the cost is, right? We need to sacrifice. And it's going to be painful because we like to be comfortable and we need to start getting comfortable with getting uncomfortable. So the question is, what are what are we doing with our time? Are we training for that prize to be with our Lord in heaven? And if not, why not? Scripture teaches us that one's final salvation depends on the state of the soul at death. As Jesus himself tells us, he who endures to the end will be saved. And that's Matthew 24 and also uh, 25 uh, you can check out as well. So one who dies in a state of friendship with God, in a state of grace, will go to heaven. The one who dies in a state of enmity and rebellion against God, which is, you know, the state of mortal sin, will go to hell. Because ultimately, when we die, there's only two choices, heaven or hell. And only saints are in heaven. And like we said before, no one who has sin can enter into heaven. That's why we need to go to confession to confess our mortal sins. But then also, too, that is why we have purgatory to purify us from any spot or wrinkle that we may have before entering into the kingdom. Al, do you want to chime in on that? Yes, and I think this is where Fulton Sheen was so good, is that he gave us practical suggestions of how the how-tos. You know, we, we listen to reflections, homilies, uh, little uh, insights given, and it's a lot of nice talk, but where's the how-to, uh, what to do? Give me an instructional play-by-play. And you made a great point about an examination of conscience. I find, you know, when you read the lives of the saints, that's one thing they all did. They had that daily examination of conscience where they reviewed the day and made, made I guess, a game plan to try to change that pattern. Um, and so it is uh, a spiritual exercise in a way. We have to set up our own little exercise program. But Fulton Sheen talks a lot about uh, prayer, and uh, if he was alive today, I'm sure he would say to everybody, let's pray. And so he really um, uh, focused in on that. But it was what he was really always uh, challenging us is to be Christ-centered and not me-centered. Uh, we, we have this problem. And, you know, I think I would paraphrase it and say, you know, people, you, you do not want to use God, but you want God to use you. Like John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. And St. Teresa of Avila also said, God does not give himself entirely to us until we give ourselves entirely to him. So we have to, again, become Christ-centered. It's not about me. It's about him working through me. And Our Lady, of course, uh, in those beautiful prayers, you know, be it done to me according to your word. And... um, I think this is the hardest thing for us to achieve is God's holy will. <laughs> and I, I have a nervous laugh here because it's it's tough. It really is tough. And I think... Yeah, and, and to just clarify for the listeners, so what you're talking about is Sheen's next point, which is how we want to be saved our way and not his. And what you're describing to us with, with Fulton Sheen and, and doing his will is is doing being saved the way God is is telling us how to do it, right? Correct. Yeah. You know, I think you always look at the benefits uh, that we accrue, uh, you know, in this life. And um, I think this is one thing that sometimes is missing in the conversation is that, you know, people will say, are you saved? 
and you know you kind of say well yeah i've been vaccinated i've had my shots i'm i'm okay <laughs> I'll, I'll pass this test but have you made that decision and you really do say and feel he is my savior i he's my savior he's my yep. he's my god and creator and he's my savior he he's your savior yeah. but you know how how you would uh, a, a way i've heard of it being responded to is i am saved I will be saved. No, I have been saved. I am saved. I will be saved. Right? So it's a continual journey. And, um, you know, Jesus Christ, he's our Savior, but he's also a living being, and we need that relationship, that encounter with him. Yeah. He has to become the center of our lives. Um, a lot of times we have God on the boundaries, and he's in, he's in our life, but he's not the center of our life. And that's... The challenge is to make him the center of our lives, and um, it is just through contemplation and uh, making those appeals to God. I like to say those you know, prayer intentions that you pray in the morning, your morning offering, that you'll be able to offer up all your prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And, you know, we haven't even talked about the Eucharist yet, uh, because it is the food that continues to save us, you know. I think it's like, we we do have, and, and again, people will disagree with this comment sometimes, is that you can lose your salvation. And, you know, that some people would think, oh, once saved, always saved. No, 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 you can lose your salvation. Exactly. You bring up a really good point there, Al, if, you, if I may. You can lose your salvation by sin, right? It doesn't imply that you're but some people might say, well, aren't, doesn't that imply that you're earning your salvation? You know, you Catholics are earning your salvation. Well, in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, it says, For by grace of God you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. So St. Paul, uh, he is well, uh, is well aware that if we choose sin, we renounce Christ. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, also, too, I would remind you, brethren, that in what terms I preach to you to the gospel, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold it fast, unless you believe in vain. So you could believe, but it, but fail to hold fast to the gospel and not be saved. Also, another reference would be in Second Peter. But this is about obedience of faith, right? It's not enough that one is uh calls Jesus Lord for you know it even says you know not everyone who says to me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father who is in heaven right so if we are disobedient god will take away his share in the tree of life in the holy city uh which is a reference to to revelation so just because you may choose to no longer hold fast to what is freely given to you does not mean that you were ever capable of earning what was given to you in the first place, which is your salvation. So the same is true with our earthly sonship, right? If uh, To put it in another terms, you know, it can't be earned. So, for example, if you were adopted, you would be free to run away, as the prodigal son did, and lose your inheritance, right? So we are not always once saved, always saved. It's how we choose to be obedient and remain in that. Yeah, and, you know, again, I... I can't quote chapter and verse here, but uh, that great uh, passage that says, I work out my salvation in fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. 
fear and trembling. Like it's kind of, you know, even the saint was saying, I have to keep working. This is a scary business uh, of salvation in your soul and the consequences of sin. You know, the consequences, these saints knew what hell was all about. Oh, yeah. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to go there. Well, and also, too, it goes back to that, uh, that daily examination of conscience, right? A lot of those sinners, uh, uh, saints, thought of themselves as the greatest sinners because the more we grow in virtue, the more we grow closer to God, the more we detest our sins and the more we try to avoid it uh, as we can, but but we're more keenly aware of, of sin and the ugliness of that sin. Right, yeah. I think of, again, Fulton Sheen was always pointing to God and asking us to put God at the center of our lives. And it's only God-centered souls that can help the souls on the circumference. And only they have the power to do so, because they're in touch with God. These people that pray constantly. You know, Hashim would give an example. He said, what matters the length of the water pipe unless there is a reservoir of water at the other end? And I think of these prayerful souls. I think of the prayer warriors who are praying right now as we're on the air. Uh, prayer warriors who are uh, just doing their quiet work of just praying for the kingdom of God to come upon the earth and his will. Uh, Again, these Christ-centered souls that have such great effect. Um, And, you know, so to our listeners who are just those little prayer warriors who don't do much, they don't speak at church, they don't uh, involve with many activities, but they just quietly pray, uh, thank you. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing because you have such a powerful effect. Uh, Fulton Sheen had a great love for the Carmelite sisters. And, um, you know, he, he knew that they were very prayerful nuns, but their love for Christ was infectious. And uh, these people who pray, you can see the love of Christ in them. So, uh, again, a thank you to all our listeners who are praying for us. And uh, know that we, in our humble way, David and I will pray for you. And it is humbling, David. I think you would agree. Oh, it is. It's definitely humbling. And never underestimate the power of prayer. It might be um, confusing sometimes to understand the mystery of the power of prayer, because if you know God knows everything and he knows what you want and he knows what you're going to say, well, then what, what's the point of saying it? But it's for our benefit, not, uh, not for God's. But at the same time, uh, a good advice is, you know, pray as if your um, prayers are going to be answered, but act as if they're not. Right, and that's what we need to do is have that confidence that our prayers will be answered and heard. But at the same time, we need to do our part. We need to um, cooperate with God's grace and God's plan. We cannot just pray and then sit back and do nothing. No, we are Christ's hands. We are Christ's feet. We are Christ's eyes. We are called out there by our baptism to go out into the world. Absolutely, Amen, brother. You awesome. Know, and I think uh, you know, you know, by accepting Christ as your Savior you will find that you are governed not so much by your own habits of goodness or even by virtues as you will be moved directly by the Spirit of God. You know, there's a difference between a man rowing a boat and the same being driven by a sail full of wind. You know, we have the wind of the Holy Spirit. Would you rather row a boat or have wind <laughs> set you across and uh, fill your sails, you know? We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. It's just amazing how we have a God that humbles himself and loves us so much that he would suffer and die for us so that we may be with him uh, for all eternity. So, Al, to to wrap things up, overall, how would you respond uh, 
and maybe how Fulton J. Sheen would respond to Are You Being Saved in a nutshell? Yeah, I think what you have to do is review the scripture passages that you've mentioned today on this program. And uh, we would encourage everybody that you can re-listen to this podcast time and time again until you get it right. Um, But he would always encourage us to read our scriptures and to just be confident in God's power, in God's love. You just trust in the Lord. I think you have a saying, David, that you, is your slogan something about trusting in the Lord. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the old slogan of um, prepare yourself spiritually, be bold, and uh, trust trust in the Lord. Trust, yeah. yeah, and so he would, he would say that, trust in the Lord. But, you know, I think he, he really challenges people to do it. You know, I think of, uh, again, I always think about the scripture, uh, the man that laid at the pool uh, for 38 years and wasn't cured. Uh, his excuse was that when the waters were stirred up, uh, no one put him in. Uh, he needed healing, and he really did. But when our Lord appeared, he told the man to do the very thing he thought was impossible, namely to take up his bed. We, we have to have that confidence in God. He will save us. He can heal us. Mm-hmm. And this is what Fulton Sheen has said week in and week out. He gave us that message of hope. You know, the title of the talk that we base this uh, conversation on is God Hard to Find. Well, he's not. He's right there. He's right there. And uh, I think we have to just understand he's there. We just have to call out and, and ask. Yeah. And, uh, so, but how would you respond or Fulton Sheen respond quickly to someone if they came up to you and said, are you saved? And the response would be, you're going to have to work at it. You may have to go to confession. You may have to uh, have a sacramental life. He was always encouraging people to join the Catholic faith, to study the catechism, to learn about God. And he would say, yeah, you want to be saved? You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to have hours of instruction. You're going to have to change your life. He's the t- it was a tough love thing. You want to be saved? You're going to have to work at it. That's right. I am saved. I was saved. And I will be saved. <laughs> But that implies you have to work at it. So thank you, Al, for joining us on the program. If people want to find out um, more about your apostolate or get a hold of you, how can they do that? Okay. Um, website, uh, bishopsheentoday.com. And it's such an easy website to find as you think. Bishop Sheen, we need him today. And, of course, the .com. So bishopsheentoday.com. Uh, we have 100 YouTube videos there that you can watch, literally hundreds of hours of Fulton Sheen. Uh, we have 60 free downloadable books, uh, those beautiful books, The World's First Love, uh, so many of them that you can download for free. And there is the audio files. Of course, we have five years of uh, radio recordings that you can listen to a number of his talks. And, uh, of course, the Radio Maria link uh, where you can listen to me and Fulton Sheen every week uh, for an hour of his reflections uh, through radiomaria.ca. So, Again, it's that website, bishopsheentoday.com, where you can find me, and uh, we'll help you as best we can. Awesome. Well, God bless you and all the work that you do for his kingdom, brother. Really uh, really appreciate it. We need more uh, workers in the vineyard like you. Yeah, and again, as Bishop Sheen said so beautifully in that book, Peace of Soul, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And so we need to remember that. Unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And uh, let us use those words, and may it be our battle cry each and every day. 
Amen. And that's it for today. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Listen to us on com, iTunes or Google Play. And remember, iron sharpens iron. Become the man God created you to be. Signing off in here today. God bless you. Bye-bye.